Mech Football Blog. Caleb, have you did you find the damn email yet? Did you find the email so you can I join the, the league finally? I found the email and I'm ready to make extremely risky, dumb picks about a league that we're all pretending we know what's happening going into the year and it's going to get weird, I'm sure. So, I, Speak for yourself. I'm, I'm not pretending. I know what I'm talking. I know what's going oh, on. I know what's going to happen. You don't know what, you don't I ain't going to be... I ain't going to be Blown away by nothing. Like, yeah, I saw that coming. None of shit. Bowling Green 0-12. I could have told you they were going to lose to Murray State. You should have listened to me weeks ago. Wow, really? Stepping out on a limb, huh? That's not really a limb. Murray State's actually pretty (laughs) decent right now. They went to the playoff. Bowling Green? Didn't go to the playoff. Nope. Nope. Didn't. Uh, But we do have previews that we're going to hit on today. We have Ohio. We have Miami. We have Ball State. This is uh, part three of our preview series. So if you haven't listened to uh, the other episodes where we talked about some other teams, go listen to those. After this, though. After this, because like, you're already on this. You know, you already listened to, to this podcast. Why, why switch right. around? You know? Yeah, this is all you need to know right here. All you need to know is right here. Caleb, you went to Ohio. What was your favorite memory? I don't remember Ohio. What are you talking about? Don't you know what we do there? Uh, well, okay. Like Halloween's once a year, though. So. <laughs> well, you're forgetting fests, and you're forgetting uh, everything else. No, about I'm it. not forgetting. Uh, you're forgetting. You were what there. We, what am I forgetting? Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> legitimately, what was the question? <laughs> Oh, I, I asked you what your favorite memory is, but uh, you got you got this this damn Miller Lite addiction that you just can't get rid of. I post one. You're not going to be 19 forever, Caleb. I post one video of of my Miller Lite being haunted, and now you're going to haunt me with these jokes. Real mature. You drank it. I didn't. Hey, my roommate drinks Rolling Rock, so I don't even know What's like that? if you can really. Oh, don't be one of those people. Anyway. It, yeah, evidently <laughs> he heard me talking that shit. Dude, um, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, dude. Thanks for making an appearance. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to lock down like what your favorite memory is of all of your college experience, but I would say that some definitely some time spent in the Convocation Center watching Ohio men's basketballs up there. Some games against Akron, Toledo, and Buffalo stand out in my mind. Watching Ohio take Ohio State to the wire in men's basketball as well comes to mind. Some I, I got to go to the NCAA tournament for softball as well as a as a beat reporter, and then some some fun home games at OU. But there were a lot of really disappointing home games in my time uh, with the football team as well, especially when things were supposed to go better. <laughs> Taking back to freshman year when. They, you know, go on the road and beat Penn State, and then, and then what happened? Uh, uh, start like seven and zero, and then they go downhill. So nothing we haven't talked about before. A lot, a lot of, a lot of fun Ohio sports memories from my time in school. So, uh, great time to bring those up today, yeah. Yeah. Did you like make friends or make acquaintances with like any Ohio sports athletes at all? It doesn't have to be football because I know they're like always in their own uh, world, but. Semi acquaintances with some of my with some of the softball players, I guess, but 
Not football, really. I didn't do enough uh, actual reporting on the football team. I wrote some gamers and parties. Did some Caleb? Yeah, and, Caleb parties. Come on, like that's where that's where they're all at. We who? all know this. Where? I did what? I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Uh, I will say that certain sports athletes uh, were big fans of uh, big doinks, uh, smoking them big doinks at uh, parties. So that was how you knew a lot of the athletes, the big old dudes with <laughs> freaking marijuana. <laughs> I That didn't happen. I don't know. There's nothing illegal happens at these parties uh, at Ohio University. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh over over in Ypsilanti, one time me and my my good friend, we were I'm not gonna uh, mention either people's name in this story, but an Eastern Michigan, uh, yeah, a football player, yeah, a big guy, a big guy. That's as that's as far as I'll go. Big, uh, big, big. He was like, we appreciate you guys so much, and like hugged us both. But like by hug, I mean like put like both of our necks under both of his arms and was like. I love you. We appreciate you guys and your support. And then uh, my friend was like, "Yeah, man, we we go to all the games." And he's like, "Shut the hell up! I'm talking." <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. And we were like, "Oh my god, we we feel so honored, but please let us breathe." Yeah, when the athletes showed up at the parties I was at in college, it was just like, hey, so-and-so's smoking upstairs. Hey, so-and-so is, like, getting into the liquor. Should we say something about it? Nah, he's on the basketball team. He's on the football team. Don't care. <laughs> he also, needs why, it. Why are they all so fit? Oh, right. Okay, we're we're gonna, we're just gonna move on to the first team. I'm gonna hit this button right here. Ohio, guess what? This is the first time we're gonna like talk about Ohio and like previews terms and not say, hey, what are they gonna do under? Oh, how, uh, did you forget what the number is of uh, how many years Frank Solge has been in Ohio? Normally, we like start our conversations off like joking about how old he is because that's what us youngins do. Um, that's changed. That changed like, like a month ago, maybe. I don't even remember. Um, but if you don't know, sorry to be the first to, to tell you that Frank Solich has retired because uh, he's got some health issues that he ran into now that he's entering the age of like 78, I think. Um, Tim Albin, longtime OC. I th- they worked together at Nebraska, didn't they? Uh, they were connected, but I don't know if Alvin was a position coach or not, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can't remember that either. But he's been he's, here he's, the whole he's like, time. Yeah, he's like 20 years or so younger than Solich. Um, uh, yeah, one thing that Ohio's had over the years, more than any, more than normal city program in FBS, is just continuity in the mm-hmm. coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Very which, few programs can match it. Which, hey, you know. For, like for oh, like over the course of like the the whole thing there with with Solich involved at Ohio, uh, it's worked. So I guess that makes sense. With Albin moving up though, they're still going to keep you know the continuity thing rolling. Like they hired the Tyler Tettleton to uh, to fill in the the replacement slot there. Uh, so he's going to be finally coaching uh, at his alma mater. 
as is I think I think Tremaine Scott didn't he play at Ohio? He did. Yeah, defensive lineman, uh, defense defensive line coach too. Uh, lots of continuity on here. Tim Albin, seventeen years at Ohio, first time as a head coach anywhere. Ron Collins, he's been there for nine years. Dwayne Dixon, receivers coach, he's been there for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Scott, I'm not going to butcher your last name, quarterback coach for nine years. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a group that knows each other, that trusts each other, and you know the the culture's definitely there for it. But do we expect things to change? in any noticeable direction one way or another under Tim Albin? I don't think we're going to, we should expect any type of considerable or excuse me, considerable mass change just because, uh, what is going to change? Like what substantially is going to change with this program? I don't see a lot short term changing. So I still think they're probably middle of the pack in the East with the potential to knock off some okay, decent teams. So, yeah, I mean, for, for the, the few people who put them second or at the top of their Mac East uh, preseason stuff, it still confuses me, but, you know, you shouldn't expect them to drop off. At least not – even if they are going to drop off, it's not going to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I don't see any reason for this team to really, like, make any noticeable, like, change one way or another like that, yeah. Um, and like we we did cover this before, but really that that preseason poll of Ohio finishing second in the East with two first place picks, and then Buffalo fourth with more first place picks, and the third team, the the third place team had more first place picks than Ohio. Uh, yeah, the fact that everyone's totally on board for Ohio being second but not first for the most part is, uh, yeah, I, I think we all subscribe to it because. It's a good expectation to be at. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there are players coming back that you're that you can be excited about. Some young defensive players that are worth hyping up a little bit, and uh, some guys in the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Tuggle has a chance to be one of the better offensive players in the conference, and might have the chance to kind of really show out in a big way in some conference games. So, uh, might have that stage where he really gets to be a fun guy to to watch on the highlights if he makes some noise come you know weeknight action time yeah i'd like i like the pieces that are on this team like i have rooting interest for a lot of these people you know as individuals too uh and like the defense you know has some pieces that should come through i know denzel daxon's a, a big name that we just haven't seen yet but if he's on the field and if he's good he's probably going to be great um I wanted to look at the schedule really quickly because it is I, – I love, 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 love this non-conference slate for Ohio. And if you're a MAC team, you're probably jealous of, of this. Home of home against Syracuse, pretty, you know, yeah. winnable game right there. Home against uh, Duquesne, FCS. At Louisiana, which is going to be a Thursday night matchup on ESPN on week three. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. And then you're at Northwestern, which has shown that I'm, if Northwestern is going to make it to the Big Ten championship game, it can still lose to a MAC team. Yep. And I'm going to be at that game. Nice. Eat. I'll take photos. What's your, like, okay, just focus on the non conference part of this, you know, 
for Ohio right now? Like, what is piquing your interest right now? Um, Louisiana is interesting in that, you know, they're a very well-coached program, and they came into Athens last year, grabbed a win, and, you know, was pretty convincingly a better team in the second half. Uh, I'd really love to see Ohio go on the road and really compete for four quarters against them. I'm not going to be discouraged if they go there and lose on a late score or whatever. Yeah, so, and like, that's probably the Sun Belt champ of 2021. Yeah, very well-coached team in general and with a lot of really good athletes. And so uh, Louisiana is going to have experience in some spots too where Ohio doesn't have as much necessarily on the defensive side of the ball too. And uh, very skilled at some of the uh, at the skill spots that in a way that Ohio doesn't necessarily have that at multiple spots, just like in the running back room and maybe in the wide receiver room, I would say. So, yeah, and that's that's iffy still. Either way, I, that's exciting. Uh, Syrac- getting an early win against Syracuse would be a really cool feeling, even knowing that Syracuse was a tremendously poor Power 5 team last year. Um, starting with a win there could go a long way to just feeling like, hey, you've already got that win out of your belt. A, a win against even even one more win in the non-conference, and you're probably feeling good. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with, like, if they win two non-conference games. Uh, winning, I mean, obviously competing against Northwestern would be good in, all, in a big way. Two years ago, I would have felt very confident they could, they could compete with Northwestern to the end, and after the year that they just had, and the way they kind of put things together, I'm not as optimistic. And Northwestern also has some really big new pieces coming in, guys that can contribute right away uh, as young players and a lot of returners that could spell it being a long day for Ohio. But as we know from past experience, MAC teams have challenged Northwestern and have challenged Northwestern at Northwestern before. Mm-hmm. So frankly, I'd be fine if they win one game and competed in all the other ones or you know, win two games and show that they can they can toss around a little bit with uh with Northwestern, for example. The the max slate is actually pretty nice for Ohio too. And you know, full disclaimer: every time I bring up a schedule that focuses on in conference play for a team like Ohio or for a team like like Kent State, I guess. It's always going to be super, super easy for me to just like look at it and be like, "Oh wow, that's a lot of Mac East teams. That's pretty winnable." Um, <laughs> but you know, even with like, I don't know, man. Like, there's, there's a lot of like, like the like the home road splits are pretty good at Akron, home against Central, at Buffalo, home against Kent State, home against Miami on a Tuesday night, at Eastern on a Tuesday, home against Toledo. Probably going to be a really tough draw, but it's really late in the year to where like. You know, eh, you got some things, you know, figured out. Maybe there's a good formula by then. And at the season, you're you're at Bowling Green, which whatever. Um, and like the central game is going to be, we're going to learn so much about Ohio in those first four weeks, anyways. I don't need to like say it in week six when it comes yeah, to central. But remember last, last year, year yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, like we, that was the one game for Ohio that like was worth a damn in terms of like learning anything about this team because the other games were against like Akron and Bowling Green Mm -hmm. central is a good team and central will 
probably be better offensively this year than they were last year, especially if they figure things out at QB. Yeah. You can probably say the same about Ohio, too, because Ohio did not really know enough about itself with the younger Rourke and with Rodgers transferring in from UNLV or wherever. Now yeah. that they, like, have a better idea of, like, you know, what's happening next, and there's, I don't know, maybe they feel like they're moving forward just because they know their head coaches, you know, of, you know, of forever of like 17 years is no longer there. Maybe there is that. And I'm just doing lip service. Maybe there is that feeling of like, you know, we're moving forward. Like this is next, you know, like this is how, you know, as much as we love Frank and all that, but this is how we get to Detroit and win it. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, I do, I do like the way this season is spelled out for Ohio. I like the schedule from top to bottom for them. If they can make improvements with the pieces that have stuck around, great. And if they can put it all together, like on the field, also great. But do I believe that Ohio is actually going to like get the job done? I don't know. I don't know. I feel iffy about his defense. I feel iffy about his defense. There's some good pieces, but there's not great pieces. And that's kind of where I'm at with them. You know, with defensively, you look at like the guys who actually produced in short in short time last year. You look at guys like Jed Eled, you look at guys like uh oh, who am I even missing at the moment? Like Eled's the one that comes to mind. Collier, I believe. Yeah, Will Evans. Um, Will Evans. Kai Caesar was good. He only played one game last year, but he's uh, pretty good. Kai, Kai Thompson uh, did some good stuff, too, at linebacker. Guys who made, like, spot plays against bad teams and showed the potential that, and, you know, were part of better units than, you know, those, those the, the playing at Bowling Green, for example. So there's a lot to be excited about with some of those guys and the potential for it. But, like, we also might see that maybe they're just good against, you know, they're good compared to the bad teams in the Mac and maybe they're average against the Kent States, the Miami's of the world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about the defense. I think that there's actually a lot of room for them to show how good they could be. And it still could be the strength of the team. Uh, and if they're going to be a good team, like a compete for the East type team, the defense has to be the strength. Anyway, you're not going to out Kent state Kent state. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe if they're running the ball for 300 yards a game, but I don't know. It's, it's a possibility. Hey, Miami won the uh, the MAC championship like two years ago. Who? Yeah. The rivals. The rivals Who? of Ohio. You hate them. Spew your hate. Not as much as I used to. That's good. Glad you chilled out. I still hate Central. Um, but... <laughs> A lot of those pieces, and I've made this point to you before, a lot of those pieces that were on that championship team, still there. Ooh, babies. Ooh, babies. No, they're still, yeah, they're still there, though. Um, one guy I want to point out plays defense, Dominique Robinson, because he made uh, Bruce Feldman's freaks list this year. I don't know if you have uh, a subscription to The Athletic, Caleb. I do. You do? Okay, good. Whew. I was worried. 
Uh, do you read the Freaks list, though, from Bruce Feldman? Because that is, annually, it is, like, my favorite piece to read. Yeah, I tend to I tend to skim it every year. Uh, I have not looked at the one this year yet. Okay, well, our boy Dominique Robinson is on there. Uh, Bruce says that he was a high school quarterback in Ohio that spent his first three seasons in the MAC playing wide receiver. I agree, he did. He caught 27 passes for 452 yards, four touchdowns. Last year, he moved to D-line and had nine tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, two sacks in three games. He's grown to over 6'4", 256, has a 82-and-a-half-inch wingspan, benches 350, verts 34 inches, and clocked Ooh. a 46240 with a 341, 431, sorry. His 4.31 pro agility time is also excellent. So that's pretty good. He's an athlete, and he's huge as shit. I mean, I feel like Miami turns defensive players around every year anyway, so they're going to have guys that are going to do some really special things, mm-hmm. and they're well-coached enough on the defensive end that guys you might not know of, Dominique Rogers, for example, uh, might do big things in a way that, we, that you didn't see before. So we're going to learn a lot about where Miami's taking strides forward, and I think pretty early in the year I think we're going to know – how much better they are mm-hmm. and whether, whether they solve the problems they, they showcase in a few short games last year. Yeah. I don't think it's going to take us a long time to figure out just like, is Miami really good or not? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I still will just, I will say, yes, they are. They are really good. Um, and like some of the pieces that like weren't there, like Jalen Bester didn't get to run the ball last year. Right. But he was a very dynamic running back in 2019. Um, and was one of the key pieces that, you know, led Miami to Detroit in the first place, I believe. Um, you know, and Jack Sorensen's still going to be there. They still are going to have uh, Jalen Walker there. They're still going to have Mac Hippenhammer. Is that how you say it? Hippenhammer? Spelled Hippenhammer, but. It was Hippenhammer, but I'm not sure. Oh, well. He transferred from Penn State just so he could play two sports here at Miami. Here, like I've been there. Um they still got James Burns, who's, you know, he plays a key role, and he dropped a, you know, one too many passes against Buffalo, and yes, oh my lord, but still he's he's still great, so I don't really care about his drops because everybody drops passes. No, you look back at that one. That was that was the game where it was just painful to watch, and we're just sitting there like, oh my god, how can this happen to somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, waffling, knowing fully well, like he's way more talented than you would ever expect watching that game. Uh, Jalen Bester comes back though. They got their quarterback, who's now like a sophomore, junior, whatever he's going to be now, whatever Gabbert is, the good Gabbert. When do we start? Yeah, the, when do we start calling him the good Gabbert? Uh, I mean, he's not going to be better than <laughs> his brother was in college, but uh, when he starts throwing footballs and doesn't immediately duck if he's a pro, I guess. That's fair. The non and deck. No, but, uh, you know, Miami already kind of proved that they have multiple quarterbacks that can step up within a pinch if needed. And uh, AJ Mayer stepped in and, and produced to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. you, you to throw him out there against, like, Buffalo or whatever, obviously, isn't no, super fair. 
Yeah. Or Ball State. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, yeah, because he got uh, what's his face? Gabbert got hurt in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yep. But didn't do well the next week. But you know, whatever. We're all learning. But in that sense, I think uh, Gabbert still has the potential. You know, this is a guy who won a MAC championship his freshman year and uh, really did not get the chance to develop further, but looked really good in the short time he did play. So I think we're going to see a pretty polished Brett Gabbert this year. And that would go a long way for an offense that if they get more production from Bester and whoever's the backup, I don't know if it's like the, like Zach Conn or whatever, if they got more guys coming up the pipeline at running back, and they probably do, that we don't even realize well, yet. They got, they got the one, uh, I don't know if he's going to play, but uh, Keon Mose, I think, I don't know if that's how you say his name, uh, but he transferred in from Kansas State, and they don't get okay. a lot of transfers because they're a private school and they have really good academics. Uh, most other Mac schools are easier to transfer to. Uh, moving on. But, <laughs> no, but, like, I think, like, all this is just to say, like, hey, we all register that when we talk about Miami, especially led by Chuck Martin, the defense is really good, and that is just, like, the constant. Uh, we get a little bit more intrigued when they have options on offense. They have a lot more options on offense than they have probably any other year under Chuck Martin. Like, even when they won the MAC championship game, yeah, they had some players. Yeah, they had Jalen Besser and all that. Yeah, they still had Jack Sorensen. But now they have, like, older versions of those guys, more developed versions of those guys. And also, like, any newcomers that transferred in or signed yeah. with them over the past couple of years, you know, they're realistically better than what they had in 2016, 2017, yeah. too. I think, I think to that point, they're going to have, like, one or two guys that we're not even, like, really fully aware of yet that are probably going to, like, produce in some major way for the team in, like, or some meaningful way. Who's uh who's one of your favorite defensive players though? That's a good question. Uh, I mean Sterling Weatherford's the easiest one to like, just size and he's he's not your conventional safety. Dude's like six four, just built like a a lengthier linebacker. And you'd think if you looked at him with and didn't really think about it, you thought, oh maybe he's a defensive end who needs to like put on a little bit more weight. And he's one of those guys who uh, some of the pro scout types are looking at him and saying yeah, he might be a fifteen, a top 15 safety, like a strong safety type. Not like 15 across the board, all safeties, but like here's a guy who can play in the box and be used in certain situations. And for that size and athleticism, it really helps him. He gets all over the field. He makes a lot of tackles. He gets in a lot of pass breakups. He gets a hand in on a lot of things. So he's one of those guys who's really easy to like in general. Uh, otherwise, uh, Ryan McWood too, I mean – it's easy to say him just because he was productive. He made some game-breaking plays in a very shortened season last year and uh, just really, really fundamentally sound and good linebacker. So uh, outside of that, I don't know if you've got other ones. Otherwise, I've got more to go off of, too, for Miami. Uh, the two I want to point out, uh, Cam Butler, I, mm -hmm. think, I think he was like an all-Mac guy, too. Uh, really, really strong defensive end. Where's a wide receiver number with 82? Love that. And Jadon Rucker furlough at corner, emerging underclassman, like easily like made a name for himself. I think in that 2019 run too, when he was like a true freshman at the time, uh, really really put on. Then I really expect a lot of things out of this guy. I think he's just got incredible ability out there, 
and he plays with like I don't know he plays with like a passion that I really really love to see out of him um yeah I don't have any stats to show you know to, to talk about but <laughs> stats suck I don't want I don't want to say numbers anymore they can get lost in the the defensive backs room for sure because if they don't want to throw the ball your direction you ain't gonna rack up a lot of stats we kind of mentioned it with with Ohio. We definitely mentioned it with Ohio with the continuity of the the coaching staff. Uh, Miami's done a really good job for itself at doing along those same things. They lost their offensive coordinator. He went to Tulane and then he got scooped up by like Iowa. Blanking on his name, but Chuck Martin's in his eighth year. Eric Kohler, their new uh, co-offensive coordinator, he's in his eighth season. John Hauser, co-defensive coordinator, eighth season. Uh, James Patton, he, he's in his first season. He just got hired in from Eastern. Mm-hmm. But he's a Miami alum in his own right. Was a first-team All-Mac tight end in, like, 92. Ooh, ooh, 92. Uh, their safety coach, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say his last name. I'm going to call him Bill, eighth season. Bill. Tight end coach, recruiting coordinator, Pat Welsh, eighth season. Their wide receiver coach, Israel Wilfork, is in his seventh season. Before that, he was actually just a GA at Miami. Mm -hmm. He was a GA there before Chuck Martin was there. Damn. Think about that. Wow. Anything else before we uh, tie a bow on here? Oh, this will make you happy. Uh, They get to play at Cincinnati again, which means they're going to, like, Lose by a lot. <laughs> I mean, there's at, a part of me that at Cincinnati, then they're at PJ Fleck to open the year. There's a part of me that wonders if uh, Cincinnati is going to be so high on their own kite from last year that they sleep a little bit in their yeah. opener. But uh, they're still too talented, honestly. Fickle does such a such a good job, mm-hmm. and they're really turning. They're not only turning around so much talent, but like. Like, they legitimately belong among the top in terms of, like, the best coach, most put-together programs in college football. And it's in su- they've come so far in that way in such a short time. And it, this is a lot to say that you can't really look at – even a good Miami program against Cincinnati isn't really the rivalry. It never – it probably won't ever again be the rivalry it used to be. They could go ahead and play each other every year, and that's fine, but – you should never. You never really go in expecting Miami to take care of business against Cincinnati. It's not going to get there again, probably. So what you're saying is the same thing that I'm kind of advocating for, and I actually did put it in my notes. I'll, I'll even, I'll even show them with you, show them to you, so you know I'm not a liar. Um, but I wrote, can the Red Hawks please either beat Cincinnati or end the series already? Because it, I mean, Cincinnati took the lead. It's time to end it. Like, I know it's like. The is it like the longest running active annual rivalry between two schools? But it's just like okay. How long have you and I been doing this, Caleb? How long have you and I been talking about action? Not as long as it's been since Miami last won in this series. That's yeah. the answer. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't surprise. It doesn't surprise me. Hey, back-to-back uh, Mac Champs stuff. Ball State! Ball State. 
Ball don't lie state. People might have been surprised by Ball State's come up. Not I. Not Ball I. Ball don't lie. They don't lie. Not I. I. I mean, I was surprised that they like actually put it together and kind of got better every week last year. But Ball State, hey, man, they were dealt a shitty hand in, like, 2017 when somebody threw a grenade and blew up everybody's kneecaps in that locker room. But all those same players that finally got to see some playing time that year and they were, like, freshmen thrown into a terrible situation they were studs they were starters they were contributors and then they were mac champs and you know what this year it should have been a normal one where everyone's graduated ball state had this big come up awesome 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 for that graduating class of 2021 but now it's on to these other sophomores that are going to replace bryce cosby and all them nope Super seniors. They're all super seniors now. Uh, what's stopping them at having a repeat of last year? Only themselves. Honestly, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's something we've discussed before. Ball State, even after returning so many of their, uh, their productive and really talented seniors, might not be the most talented team in the conference. You still could make an argument that might be Western, that might be Toledo, it might, it might even be, hell, it might be Miami or Buffalo. Oh, I thought you were going to say Eastern. Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, but given how Ball State took care of business in the way, in the manner it did so in close games, uh, doing it by ma- improving its defense, uh, guys, you know, having guys who are just like players' names you don't recognize making championship caliber plays in big moments, Ball State did everything the way they were supposed to to be this championship team. It's a thing we've discussed before. And so there's really no reason you should pick against them that doesn't mean you don't understand that they have weaknesses and that somebody can supersede them because they might be more talented or they might have a better, uh, a vastly superior unit on one side of the ball. That said, boy, wouldn't it be fun to watch uh, J- uh, Hall and Tyler go for like 2,500 yards receiving just between the two of them with like 40 touchdowns this year? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? I, I don't need to run the ball. Don't need to run it. Don't don't worry about that. It's fine. Just throw it. Just throw the rock. The thing about, like, football is that there's always has to be, like, 11 people on the field at the same time doing, like, a lot of different things. And Ball State's roster might not be as, like, top-ceiling, elite, talented, better than, like, Western or Toledo. Like, Ball State's, you know, handful of fastest guys might not be faster than Toledo's handful of, you know, fastest guys. But Ball State's got some really fast guys, though. And Ball State has other guys on its team that can do different things that Western and Toledo's receivers or whatnot, uh, you know, they just have, like, varying skill sets across Ball State's roster. And I, I, I think that's what got Ball State its edge throughout the year is that you know, no matter what like kind of offense was thrown at them, no matter what kind of different look was kind of thrown at them, they were able to like combat things in different ways. And th- I think that speaks louder on its defensive side than anything, especially the way it was able to just like snipe a whole bunch of, you know, one year, two year grad transfers, you know, through the transfer portal to get them through there. Like, like Chris Agumang, you know, he's a really versatile guy on the outside. Now they have more than just Christian yeah. Albright to rely on. 
uh, JT Wahi, you know, he's a really good guy that kind of settled in at, at corner, but he also had a lot of reps at safety too. Uh, so he adds more versatility to your defensive sets instead of just relying on AJ Uzo-Dinma, you know? And, you know, the list kind of goes on from there. Yeah, Ekpe a tran- was a transfer too, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Ekpe, yeah, cause, yeah, exactly. He's a, a lanky outside linebacker too that adds a lot of length there too. So I think, like, that's kind of what Ball State mostly has going for them too. Johannes Tyler isn't, like, the best receiver in the MAC. Like, he isn't the most talented. He doesn't have, like, the best 40 time. He's not the best runner. He's not the best sprinter. Uh, but he is uniquely strong. He got that body. Uniquely, like, I think it was, I think it's Dean Clark, I think it is, that plays football at Toledo. Dude, they lined him up on Johannes all game last year, and Johannes just made him look like a fool so many times, even in the contested catches department, you know? I don't think that Drew Plitt is the most talented quarterback in the league. I would probably lean towards, like, you know, just, like, pure, like, talent alone. I'd probably lean towards, like, Ellaby or maybe even Carter Bradley. But, like, man, Drew Plitt is really smart out there. He knows what the hell he's doing. And he knows how to get it to his guys. So, he's a quarterback that, like, you just love anyways because – he makes it work. He doesn't have to be the best athlete out there. He just has to be the best athlete for his offense. And he usually is. Yeah. I mean, the the run game is going to be diff- a different in an element, I guess, uh, than maybe we're used to with Ball State. I don't know if they're going to rely on the run game less or if there's just something we're not really expecting in that aspect of it. Ty Evans is, uh, you know, a little bit bigger of a back. He's not going to break he's not going to completely you know go off for huge chunks and he might he might break a defense down over game wear them down a little bit but they've also i have to imagine some other backs that they're going to use in in different ways that we're not expecting yet so if uh if uh you know somebody does that and reports on that from ball state camp i'd be interested in seeing that in the coming weeks yeah i think like the top two right now are like will jones and ty evans yeah i have my eyes on donnie marcus too okay um, but that's just like me throwing darts more than anything. Uh, Justin Hall, uh, Justin Hall appreciation time over here. Love uh, him. He was also on the freaks list. Deservedly. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. He's five nine, one eighty six, right? Back squats, back squats, back squats, back squats. Uh, he back squats five hundred pounds, which All right. yeah, which uh. You know, if you're not good at math, don't worry. Feldman wrote uh, 2.6 times his body weight, which, Jesus Christ. Uh, power cleans 305. Broad jumps 10-2. Verts 30, 36 inches. Uh, and here's a clip of him jumping over two guys, which was a game against Indiana. And he hurdled two players. One of them was his own teammate. Just like he's the. I, I remember when good, I used to be able to like, squat twice my body weight. Why is he selling back squats? 
Weight machines. Barbells. Also, Justin Hall is selling uh, uh, headphones and stuff for, for athletes to wear. So uh, use his promo code. Oh. Um, <laughs> what are you selling? Headphones. Headphones. What? Exactly. <laughs> He's, what, the FBS... Is he the all-time leader in he's the current? Or is he, or he's is he the, just like he's current the current active. active. I want to say he's the current active receptions leader. Okay. And actually doesn't have too far to go to be like the leading act, the leading all-time receptions leader. But I have to, I'd have to check that. Yeah. I think he's caught a pass in every single game he's played in, and I don't think he's missed a game. He's tiny, but he could take a hit. When, I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to like jump into the conversation of like NFL talk, but I'm gonna like hook it in here, and it's gonna be Justin's Justin Hall's fault. We're gonna talk about it, but like, Justin Hall's probably like one of the first three names that comes to mind when I think like most NFL draft, <laughs> NFL draft ready, NFL draft ready, uh, or like. In the Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the back. Who's going to get drafted? First three names that come to mind. One of them is Justin Hall. Yeah, you, definitely. And then someone's going to be like, Dustin Crum. Like, shut up. You're basic. Well, let me know that. <laughs> get a clue. No, and, and to, to revert back to the, 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 the point, um, he is uh, at. Oh my god, I left this spot. Where did he go? Uh, so, uh, Feldman's, Feldman wrote this. I should have started out with this. The FBS career receptions leader with 257. So I think that answers it. Okay, there we go. He's he's much farther away from the all-time lead than I thought. But he is, yes, active leader. Uh, who's your favorite Ball State football player? Justin Paul. <laughs> you can't say that. That's not well, the game. It's the, it's the right answer. That's okay. Well, play play different. Play the way I want you to. The way in my head when I thought of it. Listen, you want to say you want to say Johannes Tyler anyway. So I actually was not gonna say that. I wasn't even thinking about answering oh, it. Shit. No. Okay, I got a different one. But you have to say yours. Okay, fine. Brandon Martin, because not because he was the defensive player of the year last year. But just kind of like came out of nowhere to just be like the most steady presence on a defense that, you know, got all kinds of flack and really had to prove itself. He was the steady presence on that defense that led them to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, not because he makes not because oh, he makes much tackles. No, it's just you could rely on that dude. He was so reliable for that team last year. He was the presence what that defense needed. Uh, Bryce Cosby is easily one of my favorites. You love Bryce Cosby. Bryce Cosby's very good. He's like he was definitely one of those like freshmen that that I alluded to earlier that was thrown into shitty situations in twenty seventeen. Like, oh my god, should I even be playing out here right now? Uh actually at the time, Bryce Cosby, yeah, he should have been because he was actually really good at the time. And now, years later, he's still really good. Actually a lot better than he used to be. Uh yeah, and so I'm excited to to watch him knock some heads around. We're gonna crack some skulls. Hey, uh, also, we started the show bringing it up, and I just want to end the show uh, asking you about it. You know, 
now that you are, I think you probably found the email for our fantasy league. Uh, who's going to be your first round pick? That way I can just, you know, just uh, make my plans around you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how far into the draft am I? Uh, you're like in the first five picks, right? Am I? Aren't you? I don't know. Well, they put me as Balob on there. That shouldn't surprise me, I guess. Oh yeah, that's probably me. Can I change my name? To no, no, else? no. You're no, you're no. Why can't it be like? I'm trying to think of really something dumb. I'll, I'll tell you why later. Just, just, mm. just tell me. Just tell me. Are you gonna? Are you gonna draft? A, what position are you gonna go first? Are you gonna go quarterback? Man, no. Oh, you're not gonna tell me. Probably wide receiver, honestly. Really? Probably. Did you know Dwayne Axkridge like graduated? 